I feel so angry now, I don't seem to be able to calm down. Put your hands up if you've ever said that. There's a few of you brave enough to admit it. There's bust-ups in the playground, bust-ups with your parents and siblings, or sometimes something unjust you've seen on the news, and you particularly, oh, it makes me so angry. And this is interesting because it can happen to you whether you're 9 or 90. It's not a, you know, this can happen throughout your entire life. Okay, what about this one? There's so much noise in here, I can't help myself think. Yeah, most of you, yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a teacher-parent thing to say, isn't it? The teacher wants peace and quiet, and that's what they say. Well, I want to look at three areas of where we can lose our peace, and I've got a prop to help me tell this story. And the three areas are worry slash anxiety, arguments, emotional flare-ups and bust-ups, and things that we do on purpose that are disobedient, a.k.a. sin. Okay. So let's start with worry. We can worry so much that it robs off us of our peace. And to illustrate the point, I've got with me here a calculator. This is not actually mine, but um, here you go. Here's a calculator. And so to just tell you a quick story, in, in 1988, I'm 16 years old, and I sit my GCSE maths and physics with a calculator, exams with a calculator, a bit like this, and they're not my strongest subjects. And so I go through a set of emotions of worry. I think to myself, oh, I don't know if I've revised enough. What happens if they ask questions and I don't know the answer? What happens if I run out of time? What happens if my mind goes blank and I forget everything I've learned? That was a primary one of mine. I was convinced that I wouldn't remember anything that I'd studied prior to that. In fact, a friend of mine used to worry so much before an exam, he used to physically vomit because he was so scared and worried that things would go wrong. That's worry. Okay. What about arguments, fights, and emotional flare-ups that can steal your peace. To illustrate my point, I've actually brought a model car. So this car here, I'll, bring, I'll, pull, it, I'll pull it out so you can see it better. It's a sports car. It's, a, it's an Aston Martin DB5 that I've got. A James Bond one, okay? Very nice car, silver. And this illustrates a time when I've lost my peace. You might be able to guess where I'm going with this. So I don't have an Aston Martin. I've only got a black Corsa at the time, but, but this black Corsa, let me tell you about it. It is a 1.7 SRI. I know. Do you know what SRI stands for? Sports Rally Injection, okay? Yeah, exactly. This, this is just might look like an ordinary hot hatch to the average eye, but it's black. It's got black leather interior. It's got 17-inch alloy wheels. It's got tyres that are like rubber bands that are rock hard. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, for me, it's fast. It's special. It's my car. And uh, my wife, Lucy, Lucy, actually said, uh, I think you might have been going for a bit of a midlife crisis when you bought that car because really it's probably for a teenager and not for someone in the late 40s. But that aside, I want to tell you a quick story of me and my car. Near where I used to live, I've come to a set of traffic lights and we're going through an out a railway arch 
There's only room for one car. There's a guy on my right. And because I'm in my sports car, I will get through that arch before he does. In the event of doing so, apparently, I cut him up. I, you know, and he's upset with me. Okay, he's upset with me, and he's sounding his horn, and he's flashing his lights, and he's making a right. Oh, some hand signals through the window, not sure what they meant, but, uh, you know, he was very upset with me. But he then does something that really gets my goat. Unexpectedly, he turns a sharp left, and I know what his plan is. He's going to cut through the estate, he's going to cut me off at the other end, and then he's going to be able to show me that his car is faster than my car. Well, I'm not having that. I'm not, I'm, this is, I'm going, it's all right, I'm having that. So I start to go like the clappers through this area to beat him with the red mist coming upon me. And on this stretch of road, you've actually got these traffic slowing down bollard things, a bit like they've got um, if you go through uh, Charlton Village and you head out towards Merit Tires to buy your overpriced tires. If you go in there, they've got those kind of bollards that are set there to slow you down. And I'm going through this like it's a chicane. You know, I'm an F1 driver and I'm completely ignoring the fact that there's a train station, there could be people getting off, you know, I'm just going to go mad to beat this guy, okay? And then I come up to a point where I think he's going to exit and we arrive at the same point, exactly the same time. And so what I do, to prove that I'm the one in control is I break hard and I say, after you. And he says, no, after you. So now we're having this bit of eyeball time where what do we do now? And then I realise the silliness of the situation that my macho pride has got me into. And so I laugh. I go, oh, look at us. Ooh. Come on, let's just get on with our lives. And so... We drive away, you see. But I'm still a little bit, uh, it takes me a while to calm down. But that's an illustration there of a bit of road rage that I get some from time to time, which doesn't actually help anyone. Um, you see, I've lost clarity and I've lost a sense of calm at that situation. Thankfully, it didn't get ugly. Arguments, disagreements, they can result in friends and family hating each other, not talking for years, and it steals your peace. In fact, we've got a situation in Lucy's family right now where there's a breakdown. People aren't talking, and it's sad. It's sad. Okay, what about this? Not doing what we know to be right that causes us to lose our peace. It's also known as sin. Sin means we fall short of doing what is right, or in the Christian language, what we know to be dishonouring to God. And the prop I have to illustrate this is a wooden spoon. Now, in my current house, this spoon is used exclusively for stirring pots. Okay, in the part of the cooking process. But in my house growing up, a wooden spoon just like this had another function. Okay. <laughs> in fact, uh, mum would use this to discipline me. Okay. So it would normally be something like this. My brother and I would be fighting or wrestling and 
you know, uh, my mum was going, be quiet, stop it, stop it, you two. And we would ignore her and we'd just carry on. And she'd say, right, third warning or else you're going to get the spoon. And we'd still ignore her. And then the, she would go to the utility pot and the kitchen, pluck the spoon out, and then do this thing where she'd swat at you like this, okay, trying to get some soft piece of leg to discipline you, upon which my brother and I would laugh <laughs> and do that dodge thing, yeah, like that, you go, no, and you get your hand out and you do this kind of thing and realise quickly that that wasn't really working. <laughs> that as a disciplinary method, it, it didn't work very well and so she had to come up with more creative methods which normally ended up being financial, which hurt me far more than the spoon ever did, to be honest with you. But um, what I was doing was wrong. And the sin there was disobedience. I should have listened and done what I was told. I should have honoured my mother and my father. In fact, it's one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? In Exodus 20, verse 12. Honour your mother and father. And as we become adults and we leave home, we don't have to obey our parents. But we do have to obey God. Deliberately disobeying God is a sin. And sin creates a barrier between you and God. And as a result, we can lose our peace. So we have three examples there of losing our peace. So what's the solution? How do we find peace? Let's take first topic of worrying. I'm so worried about my exams. I'm so worried about losing my job. I'm so worried about paying the mortgages. I'm so worried about global warming. Sometimes I even struggle to get up in the morning because I'm worried so much. And there are many, many help, self-help books and websites that try to give us the solution to worry. And to be fair, some of the advice, she's quite reasonable. Take exercise. Eat healthy food. Walk the dog. Take up a hobby. Listen to soothing music. Seek professional help. Many people can find worry and anxiety crippling. They yearn for peace. What does the Bible say about peace, worry and anxiety? Well, Paul, in his letter to the church in Philippi, says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. I'm sure you, many of you know it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read the message translation, just because it gives a slightly different spin, but I think it's, it's worth listening to. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. 
It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. Amen. I found that some of the self-help websites suggested practising gratitude. In other words, be grateful for the world around us. Find beauty and appreciate all that is good. This can reduce anxiety and worry. The Bible encourages us to be thankful to God every day. To be thankful to him. In fact, the psalmist wrote in Psalms 118, verse 24, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. So this relatively new idea of gratitude has been in the Bible for thousands of years. But we don't thank Mother Nature or Mother Earth. We thank the Maker. We thank God. What about arguments, fights, rows, emotional flare-ups that steal our peace? You see, my example of sort of road rage is short-lived and I come to my senses. But for many, you are dealing with long-term, painful relationship issues where peace has broken down and in its place is bitterness, resentment, tears and sadness. When we get into a bust-up, we often raise our voices. Adrenaline starts to pump. We get pink in the face and our language changes from measured controls to swear words and aggressive language. We might even say hurtful things. We generally make poor judgments in the heat of the moment. What does the Bible say about that? Well, Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. A bit later on, in three verses more, verse 29, do not let any whole unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up in accordance to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It's very clear, isn't it, what Paul is saying? You can imagine right now that church in Ephesus, they were going through a struggle, weren't they? There was a lot of hotheads saying things, and they needed to be told this. Well, let's remember... But one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. When you are confronted with a potential con confrontational situation, take your pride and ego and your sense of being right and replace it with humility. Stay calm, stay rational, and pray that the Lord will help you to manage this. What about not doing what we know to be right that causes us to lose our peace? As we go through life, we make decisions, some good and some bad, and we sin, and we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And those sins, if not addressed, start to take a toll in our life. And we feel guilty, and we feel shame, and we regret the things that we have done. Past mistakes 
can weigh heavy on our hearts. And these past deeds rear their ugly heads and we wince with shame and that can lead to self-loathing. It can feelings of not being worthy, not being good enough, even to the point where we believe we don't deserve to be happy. Psychologists, people who specialise in treating the mind, who write these self-help books, targeted to help those who can't cope with their emotions with titles such as Understanding and Treating Chronic Shame, Finding Freedom from Regret, and many, many more. It's without doubt an issue within society. The things we do wrong rob us of our peace. Or put it another way, sin steals our joy. Sin steals our joy. Now, the world doesn't call it sin, but that's what it is what it is. And this is what the Bible says about it in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want us to picture that scene for a minute. I want to picture two big oxen, one here and one here, big beasts, okay? And across their necks is a large lump of wood, and that lump of wood is tied to them, and together they can pull very heavy loads. That wood is called a yoke, nothing to do with egg, okay? It's a piece of wood that's the yoke that ties these two beasts together, and then they can pull a heavy load like a plough or a cart, something that people would have been very familiar with, with at the time of Christ. And when he's telling, they're telling these stories, they know exactly what that means. Well, I want us to imagine we're going to take those two oxen out. Jesus is on the left, and we are on the right. See, we're pulling together. We're not on our own. Jesus is with us. And it's so much easier, because Jesus is there, pulling that with us. That's what that illustration means. Psalm 147, verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So to conclude, the takeaway message for you today is that Jesus is the answer to worry, broken relationships, and disobedient sin. And if you're still not convinced or you still doubt Jesus has the answer, hear the words that Jesus spoke in John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't look to the world to find your inner peace. Don't look for false religions, new age, crystals, Zen gardens, Buddhist, whatever, whatnot. Look to Jesus. When you give your hearts to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit brings peace. Jesus is the answer and the one who can bring you peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Please listen to this prayer and pray it with me. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you that you, we thank you for your gift of the Holy Spirit.
We thank you that you love and care so much for us. Help us to be able to worry less and trust you more. Help us to let go of the past and embrace a future where you are at the centre. Teach us to learn, sorry, teach us to lean into you for your yoke is light. Help us to be able to control our emotions and not get angry and say things we later regret. Lord, we acknowledge that sin steals our joy. Lord, I just pray that you forgive us our sins. Forgive us those things we've done wrong. Take away our burdens of shame and self-loathing. And in its place, fill us with your Holy Spirit and replace the feelings of worry and stress with your peace. We thank you that you are perfect peace that defies all understanding. For you are good news in troubled times. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.